Welcome to Trials and Tribulations at Work, the podcast where we talk about everything related to the workplace. Join us as we interview leading experts to discuss a variety of workplace-related issues to help you learn about your rights, as well as how to succeed professionally, personally, and financially in the workplace. And here is your host, Jay Stafford, founder of the law firm of J.W. Stafford. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to speak with Andrea Dunathan. She helps rapidly growing businesses make the best use of their people, processes, and technology to support the business's growth and increase its future sales value. Since she founded Dunathan Consulting in 2004, she has worked with a wide variety of clients, from global corporations to tiny nonprofits, to improve their internal operations and free up the owner and their staff to do their best work. Her client focus is business owners who want more time to focus on growing their business. Andrea is a big believer in providing practical help to her clients. Her goal is to find the simplest, most effective solutions that meet her customers' needs and to get them implemented, allowing her customers to focus on the things that they do best. Andrea, it's so great to have you on today. We met several years ago through a mutual connection, and when we met, I remember you asking me questions about sort of the internal operations of my law firm, and you really challenged me to look at how we run our business. Tell our listeners what you do. So, Jay, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, Yeah, it was great when we met. Um, We've been in touch for several years now talking about running our businesses, and, uh, you know, that's exactly what I do. I work with business owners to improve their business operations. Generally, I work with fast-growing companies like yours um, to get their people, processes, and systems running like clockwork. That really frees up the business owner to focus on growing their business. Um, And, you know, it also reduces expenses, increases capacity to handle more customers, and that leads to higher net profit, which is, you know, why we're in business. So it's all good. (laughs) So tell us what got you started in this field. You know, the last job I had before I went out on my own 15 years ago was as a county budget analyst, and we did a lot of, um, uh, like, internal consulting is what I would call it. The county departments at that time were um, getting less and less money from the feds and the state, and so they had to do more to deal with more community need with less and less money every year. So it was a natural training to figure out how to streamline, how to improve operations, and it was very motivational because it was serving the community. Uh, So when I left that job and went out on my own, I wanted to help organizations really use their people and the other resources they had to their very best potential to make the most of what they had and really have things running smoothly. I love it when all the parts work well together and things are just, you know, you can count on it, it's reliable, and you can focus on where you really should be focusing. You know, right now we're going through a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, tell us from your perspective, what are the biggest challenges you're seeing in the businesses you work with right now? Well, you know, there's several. There's the obvious ones, right? Like the the businesses that got completely shut down, those are obvious. The restaurants, the caterers, you know, I just talked to the caterers going out of business. There were those. They're the ones that are able to stay open or reopen, but there's a lot more costs in terms of trying to keep your staff and your customers safe. So that's a big issue. Um, but one issue that I think a lot of customers don't see, but the business owners are maybe very aware of is 
you know, where business used to be fast growing and they had a lot of business coming in, they could afford to be a little bit sloppy about their operations. Yep. And now in this time, they have to really fine tune things. Um, profit margins are shrinking very quickly and you just can't be sloppy. You can't afford to let a, pros- a prospective customer um, drop off. You have to follow up on your leads and really make those sales. And then once you sell, you have to really serve those customers well and get them to come back. And you have to manage your expenses. So keeping those profit margins healthy is crucial right now and, and much more challenged than it used to be. Yeah. You know, and I want to sort of focus in today on the, the margins because that, I think, you know, we, like you said, we all see the restaurants and, the, you know, we can sort of pretty much figure out the issues there in terms of like, look, you, when your capacity is limited to 25%, it's tough to, tough yes. to, <laughs> tough to make money. We get that. But yeah. the margins thing is that's so, you know, that is very much sort of the, the inner workings of a business. And so before we sort of dive deep into it, give us the 30,000 for perspective for those who may not be as keyed in on, you know, margins and what that does for business, you know, and better margins. How does that help the business's bottom line? You know, how I think of a profit margin is it's your cushion. So as we now know, if we weren't aware before, unexpected things can happen, right? So the more margin you have, the more cushion you have to weather the storm. And it just gives you the ability to be more resilient and it gives you higher profits in the good times. So, you know, if you think of your margin, it's basically when I sell a product or service, I get a certain amount of revenue for that. And I had to spend a certain amount of money to create or provide that product or service. And the difference is my margin. So the bigger that is, the more cushion I have. If I'm selling an hour of my time for, I'm making up numbers here, but like $100 an hour, yeah. and it costs me $95 an hour to provide that service, I have very little margin there. If my costs go up just a little bit, I'm I'm no longer breaking even. But if I can provide that service for $75 an hour, now I have a 25% profit margin. If my costs go up by $5, it's okay. I still have plenty of profit left to keep my business running while I figure out what to do about those increased expenses. What can business owners, and you mentioned a few things, but tell us what business owners can do, uh, and especially those business owners in the service sector, which is, you know, a, a lot of the businesses that, you know, you probably work with and that I work mm-hmm. with. Tell, us, tell them what they can do to improve their margins. Well, you know, for a service business, it's really about the cost of the people, right? The productivity of your employees. If you think of people as your investment, you bring on those employees and they're providing services to your customers, the more productive they can be, the better your margins will be. And the better they'll feel, frankly, they'll be more engaged, they'll feel more productive, they'll feel more happy about what they're doing. So there's a lot of positives there. So one thing you can do, especially in this stressed out era where everybody is dealing with a lot, um, the more you can manage your employees to productivity goals rather than just, you know, time punching, like clock punching. It's, you know, it's not so much did they work exactly eight hours today. It's did they get the work done that you wanted them to get done? And do they understand what work you want them to get done and what the real goal is? And if you manage to that, they'll be happier, you'll be happier, and it gives them a little bit more flexibility to deal with family issues or whatever else they're dealing with. So as much as you can do that, it can really, really help. And your employees will appreciate it, too, because God knows they're under plenty of pressure right now. And if you can be a little more flexible and be clear about what the end goal is, they're going to be a lot happier. Got it. And how, how does a business owner go about sort of increasing productivity? Because, you know, it's like it's one thing to say, hey, you know, employee, here's what I want you to do. But I, how do you actually execute on that? Well, you know, again, be very clear that you're managing to results. 
that if they can get the work that you really are hoping they can get done in a shorter time, that's fine with you. In fact, that's great. You know, if they need to take that time off in the middle of the day to help their kid, you know, sign into their school class or whatever, that's okay as long as they can get their work done. So making that very clear, if you're in a business that allows for that. And then think about the end goal of the work that you're giving them. What are you hoping to accomplish by giving them that work? And be very transparent with them about that. And then think about what I call success criteria. How will you know when they've reached that goal successfully? And there's various pieces to that. So there's the quality of the work. There's the deadline by which they need to get the work done. There's all kinds of aspects to it. So talk those through with the employee. Have them ask you questions so you can really define what success looks like. And then manage to that. And, again, that makes it very crystal clear for the employee and for you because you're not they're not wondering what they're being judged on. You're being clear with them. It's also giving them a chance to say, you know, pre-COVID, that was easy to do, but post-COVID, we have this challenge in meeting those success criteria. And you might not have been aware of some of that. They might be struggling and you might not know. So it's a really good conversation to have. Are there any systems that the businesses can use? So uh, obviously, you know, a lot of businesses can, you know, look at their profit and loss and sort of mm-hmm. see what the numbers look like. Is there something a business can use to sort of to do those things you talked about in terms of, you know, evaluating, you know, was the, the quality and, you know, sort of mm-hmm. keep track of that. Is there, is there anything mm-hmm. of that, that nature? Yeah, there definitely are. So you can go really simple or really fancy. So there's HR systems that, um, it, they may be connected to your actual HR system. They may be a separate product that, um, that really look at, uh, goal setting and criteria and all that. You can go that way and really invest in that. But if you want to keep it simple, you can even use one of the free, um, uh, the free applications that are available practically anywhere to um, track productivity. So some of those are Trello, Asana, Basecamp, Todoist, and there's like countless more. Someone just told me about one called Mavenlink, which manages products and productivity. So it's a little fancier. But all of those systems are useful because it's a way for you to assign work to your employee. And once you assign that task, you can put a description, you can put subtasks, you can put deadlines. If the task involves work between more than one person, you can assign subtasks to different people so they can see, okay, when I finish this, Joe is going to take over and do that, and then it's going to come back to me. So it's very transparent about how the workflow is going to go. And you get to see what the status is because they're going to check off tasks as they go. They can put comments in there, and you can see their comments. Maybe they have a question. They can direct it to you about the task. So it makes the workload very clear, and it makes the status very clear. And then when you have regular meetings to talk about, you know, how's the work going, how's your progress, you can use that application to communicate about it, to go over it and um, ask questions. And that really, it's amazing how productive that can help your employees be and reduce their stress level as well. So they're not relying on little paper notes that they stuck somewhere and can't find, you know. It's all right there in the system. And those are cloud systems, so you can log on from anywhere, which is also great. Yeah, and I think especially now with so many employees working remotely, that has got to be a huge need, the businesses and the service sector. Uh, Tell us in terms of, you know, how difficult is it for a business to implement, like, you know, those applications you talked about? Is it is it very complex? Like, what, what does it look like? No, those are actually really simple. I mean, you can get as complex as you want. 
right? Like I mentioned that Mavenlink one, that's a full project management system. You know, they've got an administrator that runs it. All the people in the company are being assigned and trained on it. But one like Trello, you could set up in like five minutes. There's videos telling you how your employee could set it up. It's it's pretty straightforward, very visual, very easy. And then you can get into different levels, you know, Asana and Basecamp are maybe a little more complicated, but um, still quite easy to start using quickly and then add features as you want. Those are really helpful. Um, keeping, you know, I think generally with the remote workforce, having communication systems is really helpful. So I know a bookkeeping firm, for example, they're my client and they use Microsoft Teams. Now, some people hate Teams, some people love it. But uh, one thing they love about it is they can turn on a chat function when they log in in the morning. And when they're like, hey, Jay, I need, you know, do you have that thing that the client sent us? I can't find it anywhere. Instead of picking up the phone, dialing Jay's number, saying Jay, right, it's interrupted. Yeah. Now I can just chat it to you, and you're online, and you just chat it back. Oh, yeah, I have it here. Let me upload it to Teams, and now you have access, right? So it's a much, it's more like me stopping by your desk to say, hey, Jay, do you have a piece of paper, instead of this interruptive thing of picking up the phone. So there's a lot of systems, Slack, you know, other th- things like that that you can use for communication, which is really helpful. The other thing you want to do, you know, you were asking about remote workforce. Yeah. It's really important to try to keep your employees with you, right? Like engaged. We are all sitting, I mean, you and I right now are probably sitting, I'm sitting in my basement, for goodness sake, you know, (laughs) and uh, it's very isolating. And you used to have team meetings, you used to do fun, you know, team lunches, something like that. Try to find ways to replace that because your employees are going through a rough time just like you are. So can you do a Zoom happy hour? Can you all get together at a local park, socially distanced with masks, but, you know, hang out together? But some lay eyes on each other or in some way try to keep those connections going because it can be very lonely sitting at home trying to do your job when you're remote. Exactly. I'm sure you felt that yourself. I, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, sitting in the house for weeks on end is not exactly exciting. But with the pandemic, it, it has really, I think, made a lot of businesses. And, you know, we talked about, you know, margins. It's made a lot of businesses sort of look at how they're, you know, structured. And, um, you know, what do you think are some of the lessons that this pandemic may, you know, have taught or should teach businesses for the future? I guess it would come back to, you know, are you making the most of your operations, your people, your your systems? Again, people, I think, were kind of casual before. They just operated a little from the seat of their pants. This is a time where you need to start looking at the data, seeing which of your products or services are the most profitable, focusing on them. Is your marketing really working? Look at the ROI of that, right? Like really not just using your deep knowledge and instincts about your business, which are good, but adding in this look at your metrics, at your data. And if you need help with that, you can get help with that, like from your CPA or your bookkeeper or from someone like me. You can get help with stuff like that to figure out what numbers you should be paying attention to. But you kind of measure that, right, and understand really where you're at. And then look at your people. I mean, your people are your biggest investment typically, especially as we're talking about service businesses. Are they really, you know, are you putting them to the best use? Are they underutilized? Maybe they have strengths that they haven't used for you before, but they do have them. I have a real estate firm that um, they had a person who's handling the real estate transaction paperwork, and she did a great job. She got super efficient at it. So where it used to take your full time to do it, now it's taking your half time to do it, and she was a little bit bored and underutilized. 
I said, hey, why don't we train her in financial management? She can manage all the bills. Yeah. And the owner was like, okay. The the woman was actually nervous. She's like, I don't know anything about financial management. I said, you're going to be fine. You've got the skill set to do this. You just don't know it. So we trained her, and now she's negotiating with vendors and saving thousands of dollars on vendor contracts because she's invested. She's right. engaged. She's she's challenged. She's interested, right? She's doing her old job plus this new job. I mean, that's such a win-win for the owner, and that's the kind of thing you should look for when you you're tight on money. Like, what do you have already in-house that you could really put to great use? Some systems we've talked about, right? Those can really increase productivity. I mean, I could go on, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. A lot of things you could do to, to just look at the way. I, I try to look at a business. I come in and do an operational assessment, right? Yeah. And I try to look where are things repetitive, where are things um, tedious, where are people getting irritated with the way they're doing their work? Try to look at those things and see where you could streamline. You could add a system that would really make it a lot easier. You could improve the process. You could train somebody to take on a piece of it. You could outsource a piece of it, maybe cheaper. Something to make it run more smoothly because the smoother it runs, the better your margins are going to be. And, you know, cycling back to where we started, better your margins are, the more cushion you have to handle whatever's coming because we don't know what's coming. So this is such a great time to look at your business and try to get it ship shape so that you'll be strong going forward. It cannot hurt you. I mean, at most, it's going to increase your profit. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And at worst, it might give you that cushion you need to survive the next storm that comes. Exactly. And, and you know, I think, you know, what you've talked about has been excellent. And, you know, I, I know from some of the conversations I've had with business owners, they get so overwhelmed to have to think about sort of yes. deconstructing their business. It's like you can hear that uh, sort of sigh of like, Oh no. <laughs> and it's so, hard, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell tell me what do you you know, when you have that initial conversation with the business owner, what are some of the things that you for instance, say I'm a business owner, mm-hmm. what would you tell me like, hey, here's like some things you can do to just to not make this feel overwhelming or things you can look at. Is there some sort of I don't want to say quick and easy because it's never <laughs> easy, but are there some quick and easy things that a business owner can sort of do to, to, to sort of do that sort of analysis, but without sort of feeling overwhelmed? Well, the first thing, and this is a great question, Jay, by the way. The first thing I say to every business owner is you're not alone. This is difficult. Um, don't feel like you're overwhelmed because you should know better and you don't, and it's some lack in you. Every business owner feels overwhelmed with this stuff because it's not your expertise. Your expertise is, in your case, law, right? Someone else is being a doctor or whatever. How are you going to know how to run your operations? You're kind of winging it. So it's stressful. So take a deep sigh. You know, te- take a deep breath, not a yeah. deep sigh. Don't sigh. Yeah. Breathe. Right. <laughs> and, uh, just realize this is normal and you can make incremental improvements and each incremental improvement is going to have a big effect. So, you know, it's continuous improvement. It's, it's the marathon. It's not the quick spurt, right? So just tackle one thing at a time. Don't try to improve everything at once. You know, I mean, if you want to do like a giant effort to like really knock out a lot of stuff, get some help. But if you're going to do it on your own, which is perfectly reasonable to do, Just pick something that's low-hanging fruit. Sit down with your staff and say, where do we get stuck? Where do things get hard? Where do things get mixed up? Where does it feel chaotic? And identify that and then start brainstorming with each other, right? Your staff are doing the work. They probably have some ideas about this could be improved this way or that way. You're going to discard some of those ideas as unworkable, too expensive, you know, whatever. And then you're going to find some other things and ask your peers, right? Let's say you owner of a law firm, I bet you know a lot of other lawyers. Say, hey, do you use a, a 
platform to manage your practice? Do you have a scheduling software you love? Do you have a virtual assistant firm that's just great if we need a couple hours of extra help a, a week, you know? So use those resources you have um, because there's often, like I said, a very small change can have a big effect. For example, I put a scheduling app on my website. So now when you click schedule consultation, it takes you to a scheduling page and that schedules an automatic Zoom meeting, whatever length of time you want. Right. And it just schedules. I don't have to do anything. I used to be setting up like phoning back and forth, emailing back and forth, setting up the calendar invite, going to Zoom, setting up a Zoom meeting. Right. It, It saved me hours per week. And if you think about a busy business owner, hours per week is really valuable, right? Huge, yeah. So that's one little thing. It took a couple hours to set up, and I saved that time in the first week that it was up. So even that, you know, don't think you have to make these massive changes is what I'm saying. I know I'm being long-winded, but I really I want to stress it doesn't have to be a big – you don't have to think of this as a big mountain to conquer. It's just a little tiny molehill, one thing at a time. Yeah, it's sort of like like I like to – you know, analogize it to like losing weight, right? Like you're, yes. you're not going to lose like 20 pounds in one week. It's, it's, you just got to start, take it step yep. by step and yep. then go from there. That That's great. Andrea, look, thank you so much. Um, tell, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So my website is donathanconsulting.com. That's practically impossible to spell. So um, <laughs> hopefully that will be on your podcast site somewhere. Um, yeah, it will. And, but great. just uh, spell it out for him so that way. Sure. Okay. Sure. It's D-U-N-A-T-H-A-N consulting.com. And, uh, again, Andrea Donathan, you can Google me. There's not too many people with my name, so you can usually track me down. Um <laughs> And you can schedule a consult right on my website. As I said, you can give me a call, um, email, whatever's convenient. And I would really encourage people, if you feel stuck, give me a call. Let's have a quick free consultation. It doesn't hurt anything. There's no commitment to buy my services. It's just a free consult. I might be able to give you some free do-it-yourself advice and really get you past that first hump and make a big difference. So don't hesitate to make that call. That's awesome. Andrea, thank you so much. we gotta, we got to have you back on again. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. If you have questions, you can always email us at info at staffordtrialteam.com. Again, that's info at staffordtrialteam.com. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Until then, take care.